In a world of art and entertainment, we often seek deeper meaning and overanalyze the presentation. Director Paul Verhoeven often uses B-movie genre as a vehicle for complex human emotions, social satire, and shocking sex and violence. Is this genius subtext for the artist's intent, or our own imagination looking for cosmic connection where none were intended? We call, we this, call dilemma this dilemma the Verhoeven effect. Listen to the Verhoeven Effect podcast. I'm Conlon. I'm Nathan. Today we have another very special episode, a listener request. We have Slapshot, the 1977 film starring uh, Paul Newman. It came out on February 25th, 1977, you know, just in time for Valentine's Day. Yep. <laughs> uh, directed by George Roy Hill, who's probably most famous for Butch Casting and Sundance Kid, The Sting. And Slaughterhouse Five. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of an interesting arc to his career. <laughs> yeah, and here he's doing kind of a comedy. Although this is more of a, it is like an overtop comedy, but it is like also subdued in some ways. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting movie. It's it's uneven. <laughs> There's yeah. things that I really like about it, like mainly the dialogue and the interplay between the characters. The overall story, the first and second acts are good. The third act, it kind of just falls apart on me. But I did enjoy it. I mean, it's a throwback. It's like, oh, if you thought Major League was funny, this is where it all started. Yeah, because that, that's one of the reasons I never saw this movie, because I was like, seen Major League. Yeah. <laughs> Even though this precedes it, and they're not really the same story, but it's, you know, it's very similar. Well, it's kind of like a comedy, like, oh, let's write this as if we're in a locker room. And this is how yeah. people talk and act and behave, which is funny. Because it's like, yeah, I, I, this is how I work is still. Cinematographer's Victor J. Kemper, who did things like uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. Uh, he did Dog Day Afternoon. <laughs> okay. Another good comedy. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of comedies, actions, and dramas. So, you know, he, you know he's a cinematographer, so he, you know, he just goes where the work is. Interesting filmography. Uh, written by Nancy Dowd, which is interesting that a woman wrote this. Yeah, it is. That's, that's very interesting. <laughs> Her trivia is like super weird because she like she only has like three writing credits, but she has like twenty uncredited like writing credits. Oh, so is that like uh, Punch Up or what? Yeah, and an older version wrote, of it. <laughs> I guess she wrote under like pseudonyms and stuff okay. like that. She has a bunch of story by credits too, but uh, I guess somebody went in. Her other big thing was she did um, Chrissy Coming Home. I haven't seen it, but I just know it's like kind of like a coming back from Vietnam movie. Yeah, that sounds familiar. I think I have seen that. It's one of those dour 80s dramas. I was late 70s. Late 70s, okay. Well, I think it's like around this. I think Deer Hunter was like the same year. So it was like that that was the year when the Vietnam movies were starting to spill in. And and they were not necessarily just show the horrors of like Vietnam, but just like the horrors of people coming back from Vietnam. Yeah. Stuff like that, so. But like the interesting thing about her is that uh, she based a screenplay on her brother who was a minor league hockey player. Okay. Uh, yeah. He plays the uh, Oglethorpe. That is her brother. Oh, all right. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> ben Dowd, who has a weird career. He like, he, you know, he's in hockey, and then he was out of that, and then he has, like, a bit part here. He did some other, like, bit parts in other movies, and then he became, like, a producer. 
Uh, and like he like executive produced like Apocalypto and a bunch of other movies. Hmm. Okay, I wouldn't have guessed. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So here's somebody who like parlayed their like semi successful minor league hockey career into executive producing movies. Yeah, it's from in front of the camera to behind the camera. <laughs> it's a lot less work. Yeah, have you seen this movie before? Or do you have a history with it? I ha- I saw it a long time ago. Okay. A long, long time ago, because there was a time I, I, I was watching a bunch of Paul Newman movies, okay. and this came up, and I was like, "Oh, this is interesting. This is different for him." Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I saw it a long time ago. I just re- I just watched it right before the show, so so we started a little late because I was kind of behind. But yeah. That's a, well, I mean, it's a long movie for a comedy. So. <laughs> yeah, it, like I said, it has a very for a '70s <laughs> film and a comedy, it has. Three very distinct parts to it. <laughs> of course, stars Paul Paul Newman. Really, the nobody else, but the the top three are like Michael Ontkeen and Strother Martin, who he would did like a lot of like like police academy stuff. guys or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He actually so retired like, from acting in like the early two thousands. <laughs> I forget Strother Martin. Also, I think it's I think it's Strother Martin. He has a, I think that's the guy that plays Joe, the the owner, quote unquote owner. Mm-hmm. I think he was like an olympic swimmer and like or he was like on course and then like he like came in fourth and like he would have gone to the olympics that he came in third and i think he was also like a a veteran too oh okay um, he died not long after this movie came out he died in 1980 huh. now michael Ontkeen was the one that was the guy who's from police academy and stuff oh okay yeah. is that the announcer no no that's the guy who on the team who wouldn't go along with the the roughhousing activities because he thought it was cheap. oh okay but he was also like a really screwed up person in his own way <laughs> and so we have act one uh there's a commercial plane and there's like people like waiting for like the, the it's like a sports talk show and they're like waiting for the commercial to end yeah and it's the charleston chiefs that's the, <laughs> it's like a minor league hockey team in where are they like, pennsylvania. pennsylvania yeah okay charleston pennsylvania uh, no idea if it's a real place or not. No, it's based on a real place. Well, it's based on Pittsburgh, but yeah. Well, yeah, because the seventies was the big like all the steel production just suddenly ended because it was cheaper elsewhere in the world. Yeah, or whatever. yeah. Okay. It was the beginning of the end for the empire. <laughs> then we have a French Canadian guy who, well, I assume, all the French people in here are French Canadian. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> this was I, the I, only I, American movie translated into what, what they call Quebec, Quebec Francais, which is like the local <laughs> French they speak in Quebec. Yeah. Uh, this is the only American movie ever sub translated into that because there were people want because because these guys were in the movie. And it's like, oh, wow, cool. In an American movie. And this, I guess, was a big <laughs> deal in Canada in the 70s. I don't know. Yeah. Yes, well, I think the are. guys that were French Canadian, like redubbed their own voices and then. Everybody else got just dubbed by people. But. Oh, okay, well, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so the French Canadian guy's explaining like uh, rules of ice hockey is like essentially like here's all the illegal moves, which is like this is a good precursor because it's like you get to the rest of the movie, it's like they're telling you up front these are all the things you don't do, and then towards the end, it's the only thing they do. It's how you win, also <laughs> apparently. I don't know anything about hockey, so I was going into yeah. this like, okay, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Yeah, they cut to the Chiefs playing, and they introduce the, the Chiefs hockey team, and the crowd just seemed to hate everybody on the hockey team, and that's it's the home crowd too hating all the guys. Yeah. One one guy gets called a frog p- by some lady. <laughs> yeah, there was some yeah weird uh, 
like old school uh, insults in this movie <laughs> like that the star spangled banner gets played and uh, some people are like paying to stand for it. it's like oh god we gotta do this yeah it's just like so, so everyone's very dis- disdainful of the team including the team we say so i have paul newman he he's his character is reggie dunlop he's a player coach which I guess he was like like fifty one or fifty two when this movie was made. So yeah, like, you know, I like I was like never. He just looks so weird to me to me in this movie because I guess I always like remember like Paul Newman for like from like Color of Money, which I guess he has a mustache and that just kind of makes him stand out in a different way. Yeah, but he just looks so weird to me in this movie. I just never like oh yeah, it's Paul Newman. I have to say that like every ten minutes. <laughs> um, he said it was the funnest movie he ever did. Oh yeah, yeah. He loved it. He said it made his <laughs> his um vocabulary degenerated into a savage though, because it's say after this movie, I used I swore all the time. Before this movie, I didn't swear so much. Once he did this movie, it's like, oh, this is fun to use the f word ever all the time <laughs> to describe everything and every situation. Well, I mean, like kind of like his you know big rise was in the '60s, and they probably were kind of like less probably less likely to just have just throw swear words around in movies because they'd probably be like i ah, can't do that well <laughs> i know i know because me and stacy both watched this and when it rolled up on screen it's like this is an r-rated movie for language and nudity i said oh get ready for some weird 70s extended nude <laughs> scenes and lots of swearing <laughs> and it lived oh. up to its promise <laughs> uh so the guy from the opening is the goalie oh yeah almost no one is wearing helmets i think there's like one guy and the goalies are wearing it face masks yeah but pretty much everyone's like got their you know just <laughs> their face out there ready to get hit <laughs> right ready to take a puck or a stick to the face or <laughs> yeah. smash into a wood wall at 30 miles an hour yeah and some glass too you know yeah. <laughs> gotta, gotta let the audience see you get plowed into a wall yeah, Reggie talks to one of the guys from the other team, and he's like, he, he got drunk on the bus ride over to the game. Yeah. <laughs> and he says if he gets hit, if he gets checked into the boards, he's going to piss himself. Uh, the Chiefs get scored on. And then there's, like, some lady. I think these are just, like, the hockey wives because there's a couple. There's, like, a group of ladies that kind of get refrained throughout here where they're, like, just bored. Like, one of them's knitting. It's like, ah, we're just here obligatory. Yeah. The Chiefs are they're down 2-0, and then they get a goal. I think Ben scores because they're, like, Ben is, like, their big player. Uh, he's also, like, college educated and stuff like that. So don't really know, like, how the minor league system necessarily works in, in hockey. Because that's, like, weird in sports. There's, like, like, in baseball, like, if you get drafted in baseball – they're going to send you to a minor league team until you like learn how to play baseball. It's like, did college mean nothing? <laughs> uh, whereas like basketball, it's like, you know, they'll draft like a 19 year old guy. And then suddenly he's like the star player of the league. Like, it's just, it's just a, it's weird how these different sports, like how that works out. But so I don't know how it is in hockey where it's like, no, we need minor league hockey because it's to build the players. Because uh, we have a minor, yeah. We well, we've got we got minor league baseball and hockey here. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, and whenever I hear about the 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 Cedar Rapids Rough Riders, it's always in like, oh yeah, the, the goalies got into a fight. It's like never about like, oh they had an awesome play. It is just about like, oh man, you gotta go. Like they're gonna they're gonna enact some awesome violence on skate. 
events. Yeah, it's basically like a wrestling event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's pretty much all these characters here are just very loud, boisterous characters. Like, even this guy is just, like, you know, about to piss himself drunk. Like, he's in, you know, he's in the movie for, like, two minutes, but you remember that guy because he's a character. <laughs> he's the drunk, you know, alternate player. Yeah. And then we have the announcer, Jim Carr, played by Andrew Duncan. Uh, he interviews an injured player who apparently just has a cold. Uh, I like this announcer because he's just a complete idiot. And it's just fun. Like he, yeah. he doesn't li- he doesn't listen to the people he interviews, and all his facts are wrong. <laughs> and then yeah, then they show Joe McGrath, who like wrote the owner question mark, and that's Strother Martin. Strother Martin, uh, he gets a phone call. Uh, then Nikki is the drunk. He gets he gets hit in the wall, and he pisses himself. Yep. But apparently they did it for his own good. Uh, so he wouldn't stay in the game drunk. And so he kind of like extra like crouched over because apparently he pissed himself. But uh, and then, you know, that that they, they yeah, they just cut away like that's the end of the hockey game. Uh, I believe the Chiefs lose because I, I think the goalie got scored on like five times. So it's like, yeah, there's no recovery. From this. Yeah, you're not going to shift that. Uh. I don't, don't know much about hockey except what I played in a video game. Yeah. Um, there I learned what icing was. <laughs> Nathan, do you know what icing is? No, what is icing? So you know how like in basketball, like a fast break happens where like a guy without the ball is on the other side of the court and you throw it to him and then he gets an easy basket? Yeah. So it's like in hockey, you can't do that. There's a certain line. Players on the like on the attack, like you can't send a guy. A guy can't cross a line like ahead of the puck. The guy with the puck has to cross the line on the attacking team before oh, anybody else can okay cross. so it's like there's like a passing line yeah yeah okay okay uh yeah sort of sort of like offsides but like um oh no that's just offside uh, well not not now i'm definitely confused because also the other thing i actually think of icing is like you know when uh oh, no, f- what is it damn it <laughs> now i forget what icing is now i just asked you condescendingly like do you know what icing is because <laughs> there was a time also like um like if the defense like if something happens and like they're in a bad rut and like one of the defensive guys gets the puck they'll just shoot the puck all the way to the other end of the uh rink uh-huh uh, and i think that's an icing call and okay. then they have to have like a, and then they have to have like face off i think that's on like the offensive sides but yeah i haven't played uh i haven't played video game hockey in like 10 years so <laughs> I also don't know. Hockey. Just know it's dangerous, and they have a lot of equipment. So. <laughs> Did you ever know anybody who played hockey? Was that ever a thing in Indiana that popped up? No, I, it's really expensive. I know people yeah. whose kids do it here, and it's very, very expensive. It's like, but and it's all like, like there's no, there are very few high schools that just support a hockey team here. So yeah, it's yeah. all like buy your own gear. It's all well, you know what you're doing every weekend of your life for the next four to six <laughs> years, and. Yeah, I've never yeah, known you can't anyone. Just put up a hockey rink, like you have to go to like two or three places. Yeah, yeah. But here you go up into Canada and stuff a lot. And um, yeah, I know like hockey's big in Minnesota, but you know they have all those lakes they can skate on. So yeah. Oh, it's 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 big here. There's a lot of people that do it, but like I said, that's how I know like how expensive it is. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, you got to have money to get your kid in that. So yeah, I don't know anything. I mean, I didn't know much about football until my son started playing it, and that was not horribly expensive but well if you didn't have good health insurance it was if you had good health insurance it was not horribly expensive if you broke you know broken arm and a few you know uh concussions it's like yep thank god i have good health insurance because 
I mean, there's a reason like soccer is the most popular sport in the world because it doesn't require. Yeah, you have to have infrastructure around it, just <laughs> a field essentially, and you can build bandstands. And you know, they don't even. I think the biggest deaths from stadium collapses have been in hockey or not hockey in soccer arenas. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they, you know, some of them are just like, yeah, let's just grab some scrap metal from that ship that grounded itself, and we'll build a, you know, an arena around it. <laughs> That's why American sports are like weird and almost exclusive to America and maybe North America because, yeah, it's like football, all that stuff requires. I think hockey is probably the most intensive, especially if you have hockey teams in like the southern part of the U.S. It's like, oh, you're just building a giant refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. It's not a lot of frozen ice on the ground in, in you know, Georgia. Yeah, but I, th- I don't know. It, but it's kind of, I, th- I forget the reasons for it, but like, it is easier to build a hockey arena than it is to build a football stadium. Yeah. Uh, I forget smaller. why that is. doesn't have to yeah, hold yeah. as many people and it's always yeah, enclosed. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. oftentimes like a hockey team will share its arena with a, the basketball team. Yeah. Um, Cause like the Blackhawks play in the same stadium that the, um, that the bulls play in. Oh, okay. I, I think that. so. Yeah. I think. I just know they have that cool machine the guy drives that yeah, resurfaces the ice. Ever seen how one of those work? Like inside? No. Oh, my God. It's like, oh, it's a steampunk machine. <laughs> so, yeah, the, so they cut from the guy pissing himself to there's like a date auction for all the Chiefs players. Uh, they're all angry about it. Nobody wants to do it. And Johnny, one of the guys, goes out and flashes the crowd. They don't show it, but we like we hear all the women screaming. Yeah, he says they're gonna run out of here screaming when I pull <laughs> it out, and I'm gonna pull it out. You know, he says something like that. But then you hear people like clapping and applauding and cheering, uh, but you don't see it. You just hear it, yeah. and everyone's like, "What's going on?" Then we have Reggie and Ned, Ned Braden, so like they're the top guys on the team, and. Uh, they're doing a radio interview with Jim Carr, and you know he's an idiot again. And then the caller, and then the callers call in to hate the players. Like again, this is their home crowd calling in to hate. <laughs> you old fart! When are you gonna retire? <laughs> when are you gonna die? You know, it's just okay, folks. Let's uh, let's keep our, <laughs> let's keep our questions. You know, because they let that play on. You know, yeah. He just cuts it off like uh and so what they're saying up is like they're uncomfortable with the stuff because they've never had to do this stuff before because they're they're not getting enough attendance to like make it worth the the owner's time so they have to like drum up attendance so they're having to do all these like radio interviews and 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 stunts to to get people interested in the hockey team so there's, i forget there's there's a podcast as a soon they're talking about like the weirdness of like minor league baseball teams and like like they're actually kind of fun but they also have to be family friendly and so they have to be like they have to like run this like razor edge being family friendly and being entertaining because nobody's coming there to watch minor league baseball yeah <laughs> like let's watch let's watch high-end mediocrity <laughs> display yeah can you guys play baseballs and like juggle chainsaws um <laughs> just keep this uh keep this moving and, and like the pay in minor league baseball is also just terrible it's like wait you're you're technically a professional baseball player but you still gotta like work the mines <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like there's yeah, there's guys that like uh, used to work in the plants that like the it's like they played uh you know, kind of this B league hockey or whatever on the weekends and they'd come back with like their nose all it looks like a piece of cauliflower <laughs> or whatever. But, you know, it's the only chance they get to do it and they love it. So then we cut to from the radio 
interviews outside where Ned tells Reggie that they're going to close the mill. Uh, Reggie says they're just trying to scare the workers to make them be, to be just happy that they have a job. But then Ned tells them they're like, no, no, they close it off. Like it's, and so, so Reggie's like, oh no, they are going to close off. And so like, yeah, it was like 10,000 mill workers are going to be placed on waivers. Then we see Ned waves at a girl and then his angry wife, Willie shows up and then picks him up in a car. They have a weird relationship, but they, yeah, they're, I don't know, everyone's relationship in this movie is weird. Yeah. Well, they're all just strange people. Oh, it's also the 70s, so it's like, what was that thing about, like, the generation where it's like, this is the generation that got to, like, grow up and do all the drugs and have all the sex just before, like, AIDS and the war on drugs happened? Yep. <laughs> what, what, it's, it's, again, it's Adam Carolla's golden years. <laughs> Mid-Coke pre-AIDS. <laughs> it's the best, best time to be alive in 25. <laughs> alive, single, in 25. Oh, by the way, that actress that plays Lily, Lindsay Krauss, is David Mamet's uh, wife. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like a weird factoid I found. I was like, oh, okay. Well, he didn't work on this movie at all. So no, no, he didn't. didn't. They just, I just, you know, David Mamet's uh, a, a wildly interesting character. Yeah. Who has, you know, again, he writes some of the best, weirdest dialogue. <laughs> but the best cool sounding, no one ever talks this way dialogue you'll hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They call that uh, like hard talk it's like yeah, nobody <laughs> really talks to each other like that because people would just be swinging on each other way before it came to that but you know it's fun to listen to i have my my favorite line and it's super stupid but it's just fun it's from heist where like one of the guys is like getting antsy it's like do we gotta shoot this guy he's <laughs> like no be cool he's cool it's like he's cool it's like mother so cool sheep count him <laughs> yeah yep that's, that's the best that. you, you always want to work that into your real life like talking to somebody <laughs> just never comes up or you could be the weirdo that forces it in like what are you talking about i'm making a movie reference like oh great like are you this kind of jerk it's like no no i'm like this guy watches a lot of movies and i'm trying to work <laughs> movies into my life <laughs> because they're the really the reality i want to live in because i'm kind of dissatisfied with but like the the whole like the workers being let go and like the town dying is an interesting like kind of backdrop to this uh to this movie yeah i mean and, it, and what's go makes it sad and grounds it yeah because yeah. no matter how much fun and goofiness is going on it's like it's still it's like oh this is the basically the end of everyone's life we're seeing yeah yeah, yeah i mean they might some might find their way out of it but it's essentially it's like yeah this is it for these guys everything sucks after this yeah yeah, this is all happy apocalypse because like <laughs> this is going to become a zombie town <laughs> very quickly well i like how the one guy says it's like oh no it looks like i'm heading to the chrysler plant and little does he know like in five years he'd be stabbing someone for that job <laughs> because it's going to get a hell of a lot worse <laughs> so yeah L lily's driving ned and reggie like, there's like recklessly downhills like it's like like if they're shooting bullets <laughs> yeah it's like i wonder how many of those vans they went through <laughs> the suspension just exploded out from underneath them trying to do that probably didn't it they just probably put a stunt driver in there and took all the weight out of it but yeah it looked really scary <laughs> and this poor like uh saint bernard's in there with all the like yeah, slow down you're making her nervous <laughs> Well, Reggie's grip of fear, and then but Ned's just like playing with the dog and unconcerned about like they're 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 almost dying at every moment. Well, here's the weird thing about that scene: like his angry wife pulls up in the van, and then Reggie gets in, Ned gets in, and then you just hear the dialogue: "Who's my girl? I love you. It's okay." And it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, he's making up for 
you know, basically hitting on another woman. His wife caught him. No, no, yeah, he's yeah. in the back with the dog. <laughs> <laughs> and the girl's just like got a, a thing of hooch, like a thing of whiskey she's drinking out of, one-handing it down the streets of, uh, you know, basically Pittsburgh, which are like, if you don't know, they're like this a lot of them. And he's like in the back, like, who's my girl? Who's my favorite girl? And it's like, oh, yeah, these people are a mess. <laughs> but then we have Reggie talks to the owner, Joe McGrath. Again, who we think the owner is. I feel like I totally missed something because there's a thing in the third act when they reveal who the owner is. And I'm like, wait, who is that? I Would they ever revealed early on or is that just? No, it's happened? always been the mystery because <laughs> okay. he's like. He's actually, in reality, would be the team manager. But all these goons just think, like, he's the owner. He's the one calling the shots. Yeah. But Reggie knows better. He, he's just not. Cause he's, Reggie's, like, five IQ points smarter than the rest of the guys. <laughs> except for um, Ned, who's just Ned, such a yeah. mess that it doesn't matter. But, uh, yeah, so he knows, like, something's going on. <laughs> So, yeah, Reggie's talking to, to to Joe, and he's like, hey, what's going to happen when the mill closes down? And then Joe's like, yeah, don't worry about it. And like, start thinking about, like, retiring and working in the front office. And, but, however, when Reggie leaves, like, Joe's looking to sell, like, all the equipment and the buses. It's like, okay, they're planning to fold the team. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just selling off some of the old stuff. Yeah, Like the massage table, the tour bus, the, all the equipment. And it's, yeah, it's yeah. so obvious. Reggie goes to pick up some new players at the bus station, and he finds these are the the Hanson brothers who are beating up a Coke machine because they didn't give his money back. So yeah, you just hear just pounding and yelling, and they get up there, and just like these, like three tall blonde haired, long haired guys, and they have like nerdy glasses, and they're all like super young. Because he finds at some point he's like sees what they packed, and they packed a bunch of toy cars, and he's like, "Who are these guys you just drafted?" or bought my team with i mean that's kind of a weird thing because you don't see them like trading away their good players because as far as you know they only have like one good player right like they, they have ned who's the actually good player and then you have reggie who's just like the guy with who's the smartest guy but not necessarily the best player but these guys are kind of like i guess uh in some way yeah they're weirdly the heart and soul of this movie yeah because <laughs> uh they made multiple slap shot movies right Slapshot 2 came out in 2003, starred Stephen Baldwin, and nobody shows up from the original except for the Hansons. <laughs> They're around. It was like 25 years later. And then there was a Slapshot 3 in like 2008, which is kind of like, let's do Slapshot, but like the Mighty Ducks. Uh, and again, the Hanson shows up to teach kids how to like punch <laughs> and fight on the hockey rink. So they're just and... playing the same role every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So. And I was going to, like, pick up the DVD because, like, oh, it has audio commentary. But the audio commentary is just done by the, the actors who play the Hanson Brothers. They're always available. Hey, we got some more Slapshot-related materials. Oh, we've been hanging out in this cabin waiting, man. We're ready to go. I mean, they are kind of, like, weirdly the best part of the movie. Uh, my favorite parts. We'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. There's a um, uh, strangely they look like the actor uh, and I was thinking about it when the movie was playing one of them looks a lot like uh, the guy who played um, the the heavy in the in the Skywalker trilogy um, what's his Adam Driver oh yeah one of them looks a lot like Adam Driver <laughs> and it's kind of strange because you're like wow that guy looks a lot you know, when, when the glasses <laughs> are off 
It's like, yeah. that guy looks like kind of like Adam Driver. Like, <laughs> probably because just the long hair. But it's yeah, like, yeah. huh, that's strange. Yeah, because yeah, two of them, I think, are actually brothers, maybe twins, I'm not sure. And then one just kind of like vaguely looks like them. It's an honorary brother, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they're just a bunch of energetic morons that are looking for a fight. Although they are kind of like nice Canadians. <laughs> yeah. In a way. I don't know if they're Canadians, but they just come off as Canadians. I think everyone who plays hockey long enough eventually does, because <laughs> that's where the best hockey goes on, or at least the, like the heart yeah. and soul of hockey seems to be. They're at a bar, and Reggie's like talking to a beat reporter played by M. Emmett Walsh. Yeah, that was oh, weird to see funny. a young M. Emmett Walsh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that guy always looked old. Yeah. <laughs> Even here, but he's a younger version of it. All the Hanson brothers and the actor are from Virginia and uh, Wisconsin. Oh, okay. Yeah, so kind of Canada, yeah, especially yeah. Wisconsin. It's like, yeah, it's sort of Canada. <laughs> it's up there. Yeah. All they, those people are weird. They could have occupied it if, you know, they didn't, <laughs> they didn't want to. I mean, like Michigan invades it, so if it wasn't for the Great Lakes, <laughs> we're surrounded by Canada on, well, one, two-third of our sides ned and lily are at the bar and lily wants to leave but she wants to like leave the whole town and wants to take jobs from their parents uh because she doesn't she just really hates this town it's also like constant mentions mentions about like you know she's the best piece of ass in the town it's like it's good to be noted for something <laughs> oh yeah they the, had the uh the hockey goal his name is denis so yeah i i picked up on that i remember that you know, one of our favorite directors, Denis Villeneuve. That's where I learned to not call somebody who's French-Canadian or whatever, not Dennis. It's Denis. Yes, of course it is. <laughs> but they're, like, making a bet that they can pick up some lady. The bet goes wrong because one of the ladies is Reggie's wife, but they're, like, separated. <laughs> they also have a super weird relationship. Yeah. They just, they just haven't gotten a divorce, but they're still, like, hanging out at the bar <laughs> well she loves him but he's just nuts yeah yeah so she she doesn't really want to be well and he's unfaithful and flaky just like every you know seemingly every sports yeah. star is <laughs> yeah it's a lot of testosterone flowing around that doesn't really make for um uh monogamous relationships <laughs> yeah, yeah it never happens i mean because uh, like i said and I've heard many times a man is only as a man is only as faithful as his opportunities. So yeah. <laughs> it's like when people are just throwing it at you, like it's going to happen, especially when uh, you're drunk like, all the time, <laughs> constantly. You have nothing but bad decisions ahead of you. Which yep. one will you choose? The coolest one. Uh, her name's Francine. You know, she still has his name, so it's Francine Dunlop. Then we cut to like the teams like going on the roads or they're getting on the bus and like Lily runs up and she has a book in her hands and she's like, I underlined the f scenes for you. Which leads uh, to great dialogue between him and uh, Dunlop. Your, your wife underlines the f scenes for you? Like, yeah, they teach you that in college. He's like, they, they don't teach that in college. You know, it's... Yeah, because this is like, uh, like homophobic epithets in this movie and I'm not going to like, oh, this movie hasn't aged well. It's like, yeah, that's probably how sports stars at the time spoke. So. Oh, no, trust me. People still speak this way. Like yeah, I yeah, said, yeah. that's not changed where I work. <laughs> we yell <laughs> things like that at each other all the time. 
But uh, the interesting thing I do think, like, remember, this this movie's written by a woman. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she's just revealing the truth. <laughs> yeah, the the team, also we have the handsome brothers, like, the team think they're a joke, because, like, they sit up front, and they're just like, ah, who are these guys? And then we they, then we see, like, Joe getting on the bus, and uh, they're all suspicious of it, because it's like, wait, why is he going there? And then Reggie's like wait, he's going to sell the team or he's looking for another job. Like, I don't know. This is where we get the first mention of Oglethorpe. The team's like worried about him. Is like, didn't he get arrested? And he's just some goon enforcer that has a, a big reputation. Yeah, first time I heard the term goon was probably the movie Goon. So yeah. <laughs> it's existed, you know, pretty much as long as hockey has existed, which is basically just a guy who, like if you have your, you know, a guy who's not necessarily talented at hockey, but a guy who can just beat the shit out of somebody if he harms your team's talented player. <laughs> yeah, he ha- he can skate, but his real skill is violence. It's just yes. a violent man that can <laughs> skate. That's 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 what you have to be to you know <laughs> to be violent. You have to be able to skate. Those two things don't often come together. So. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. This is where the locker room because also where this the Hansons are taping foil to their hands. I don't know what that's about other than just to like kind of protect their hands when they punch people. I don't know. It's a kind of aluminum foil that um they don't really you can buy it, but you have to look for it special. It's a very thick grade and it yeah. basically would cut people as it oh, sheared okay. off. Um but it's also <laughs> right next to your skin, so it's like, well, okay. I don't know if that's something they made up for the movie or people have actually done this to, yeah, yeah. you know, because when I think of like modifying my hands uh, for punching, it's like, oh, yeah, knuckle dusters, brass knuckles. It's like not something sharp that like could go either direction. <laughs> you know, I want this to be one direction. <laughs> but yeah, apparently that was a thing. Yeah, that is a weird thing because there's a there's now a bare knuckle fighting league <laughs> that exists. Oh, that's fun. Sounds uh, great. Uh, and people was like, that's barbaric, but there was like several college studies about it. And they found bare knuckle boxing is safer than regular boxing. Yeah. Cause you break your hands so quick. Yes, the fight stops. Exactly. <laughs> you're not, you're not padded where you go. I can go for a few more <laughs> 1500 pound per square inch hits on somebody's skull. Which is like punching a skull is like putting a stone in a speed bag and just working it over (laughs) until your knuckles bust. And that's why I believe in brass knuckles. Like I've never (laughs) thrown a punch in my life. I've been hit in the face, but I've never thrown a punch at somebody's head because I know it's like that's just like hitting wood or like no. But it's like (laughs) if you can put brass knuckles in your hands, it's like yes. But then it's like, oh, wait, that kills people really quick. That's why they're a felony, because once you crack somebody's skull with brass knuckles, they usually die. It's like, oh, okay. Because they always show those in movies, like, people like, oh, you know, these enforcers in the 20s and the violence of the streets of Chicago, they put knuckles on and they punch people like five or six times, like, you're going to pay me. It's like, no, he's never going to pay you. Because you just <laughs> killed him. You crushed his skull in. It's like, that guy's not paying you. Unless you're going to take, like, if they use gold fillings, you know, you might get some payment at pulling his teeth out of his head. But, yeah, that's, uh, but, yeah. But bare knuckle boxies, yeah, that sounds pretty brutal. Yeah, I mean, the yeah, thing about it is, like, you, the people bleed more. But uh, once you get a good shot in, like, your hands are pretty much broken. So. Yeah every punch after that is going to be a lot lighter than it would be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, essentially that's what makes it safer is because you don't punch as hard because you can't unless you're looking to hurt yourself more than you're hurting your opponent. Yeah, I've seen too many guys that like get in these fights and it's like, can you drive me home? It's like, what's wrong? I, I can't, my hand, my right hand won't grasp anything. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, it's like broken in three places, sure. This is where I find like Joe's trying to get a front end job with the, the team they're at. Um, Reggie tries giving a pep talk. I like the Hansons are just kind of like mirroring the sentiment and yelling. They're not even really listening to him. It's like, yeah, wins. What it's all about. They're just waiting for him to stop talking so they can yell stuff. They don't know what he's saying, yeah. but you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're just a great chorus to this movie. Uh, I think Ned like sniffs some coke before they go out. I yeah, that was weird. I don't know what that was. I rewind it several times. You never see anything. You just kind of see him go. Like, he puts his hand near his nose, he sniffs, and then he just walks out of there. Never see anything, so. Yeah, I never got that, because he hadn't been playing, so it wasn't like ammonia or something to wake him back up. <laughs> he was just like, yeah, I don't know what they were implying there, or if there was something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah, because that's, I don't know if they had nose torque at the time, which is like what you're talking of, ammonia or yeah. it's kind of smelling salts where they have that's a thing they have now for like power lifters or if you want to get like you want to get an extra five pounds like sniff this nose torque which is basically ammonia and it like it'll wake you up for like half a second or half a minute it's like whoa <laughs> all right let's do this i would say yeah, just inhaling pure oxygen from a bottle <laughs> like that'll get you going you also make your heart explode but you know that risk reward yeah. you got to balance it out all those weird things that do on the sidelines that just put you back in the game. <laughs> yeah. Just do a hydrogen cortisone shot into your knee <laughs> so you don't feel anything when you go out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the plates are still grinding together, but it's like, oh, the nerves aren't working. Let's get in there, boys. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, no nerves, no, you know, no glory <laughs> or whatever. No, nerves. No, yeah, no nerves, no glory. That's what they should call that. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't have nerves anymore? No, you just don't feel them for a while. <laughs> but then they always come crawling back your nerves. <laughs> I mean, that's that's one of the reasons, like, so many players and even wrestlers, too, just because of the damage they take, it's why they're alcoholics, is because that's their self-medication that's disguised as a social, like, construct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, yeah, you feel less when you're drunk. <laughs> yeah, it's a wonderful depressant. Um, <laughs> there's no healing herbs in it, though. Yeah, they're playing the Gears. Uh, again, these aren't, I, I believe these aren't based on any real teams. They're just all. No, I don't think any real teams that sign on their names being used in association <laughs> with this. Although, weirdly, they're called the Chiefs here, but they don't have any kind of like Indian imagery or stuff like that. You know, when you get to Major League later on, it is the Cleveland Indians. Uh, which is now the Cleveland Guardians, I think. That's fine. Was it the, the Washington? What is the Washington? Generals, team? I think. Generals, okay. They should have kept it as football team. Yeah. <laughs> a anyone who got their their uh, you know got, had to capitulate to that nonsense should have kept the most generic name. <laughs> obviously, just to thumb their nose and be like, "Yeah, this is what we are now. We're the football." I don't know if you could trademark football team. <laughs> but yeah they should they should all be like the baseball team the soccer team yeah. the whatever just to it's that, like yeah here's a middle finger that's to a, you that's how they do it a lot in, in soccer because i know there's like the soccer team called fulham fc which fulham is the town they're in and fc just stands for football club 
mm-hmm. that's the name of the team. It's just the name of the city that it's in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to get sucked into some weird whatever that stuff is in our culture they do now at, <laughs> with that because it's like, oh, it's just the city we live in. Although one of my favorite names for a team, I'm not sure if it's a city, it's probably, is just Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, just Arsenal. Like that. <laughs> That's a good one. I don't know if they're good, but I like the team name. <laughs> um, Someone should call themselves the Ethnic Cleansers. <laughs> it's just it's like, oh, you want an offensive name that doesn't like capitalize on anyone exploited? Okay, we got one for you. <laughs> That's a... uh, no, my very it's a it was a joke from the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, it was about like you know the the them changing the name of the Washington Redskins. And then, like, the idea is, like, no, we need to change it to something that people hate even more. Um, and so they changed it to the Washington Gun Takers. Yes. <laughs> I always and thought the so- Carolina Klansmen would be a good name for a team. <laughs> but you spell it with a C because clans, remember, were legitimate political and ethnic groups in Scotland and various parts of the British Isles. So it's like, no, no, we're not that kind of. This is with a C. You're, you're 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 putting words in our mouth <laughs> and you had it had to be a southern team it would be weird if it was like a new york team or something it had to be a, yeah. no it's our scottish roots like they play the bagpipes and stuff and <laughs> we're the clansmen or, or, or it gets relocated to like a weird place or it's like the montana clan. <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh. no the montana like- would be the what are the like yeah like the minute man or you know some kind of like mili- all the militia groups that exist out there what this is our culture this is our pride the separatists the syracuse separatists what does that mean the the, the montana low population density yeah the montana density <laughs> Do you like space between you and your neighbors? Welcome to Montana. The Montana <laughs> Congress man, because that's all they have is one. <laughs> or Congress person, if you got to play those games. But it's more effective when you have the Montana Congress man. Two senators, not- one congressman. <laughs> but I was like, uh, you know, like the... Uh- the LA Lakers used to be the Minneapolis Lakers and that name made sense. And then they moved to LA. It's like, it's a desert. (laughs) Just irony. It's a cool name, but it's completely iron. But also, you know, like Utah jazz is also like, that makes no sense. No. Yeah. The home of jazz, Salt Lake city. (laughs) That's what you think of when you think Salt Lake city jazz and people having fun. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh. the fun never ends in salt lake city i saw a show where they did like a party in salt lake city and the you know the, the the drinking laws are weird but there's even like weird like exceptions where like you could sell weed and like hallucinogenic like mushrooms and stuff as long as it's based on a religion so there's like literally churches <laughs> They're like, we're the church of weed, and they sell weed, and it's like their religion and their business. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's actually, that's the big thing going on there. It's, you know, that's what that that's what those churches are, is just a business. It's like, it's not really that weird, except these people are selling you something tangible, like weed or mushrooms. <laughs> the other ones are just selling you bullshit. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, at least if I go to the Church of the Holy Mushroom, it's like, well, I know I'm going to freak out at some point. I'm, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going to get exactly what I'm looking for if I I eat. will see God at the Church of the... <laughs> yeah. The Church of the Dark Mushroom will reveal God to me. Um, so what this has to do with this movie, I have no idea, but here we are. Yeah, we got the team names. and then <laughs> yeah. This is after the game. I, for a moment there, I thought they were like saving money because like everybody was in one hotel room i was like wait are they all rooming in one hotel room but no i think they're just partying in somebody else's room oh, there is a thing later on where they're like they're booking people like four to a room and then the hansons like turn the like the the hotel manager upside down it's like no we need four to a room <laughs> reggie gets a call then he leaves the room this response that the hansons playing with their electric cars to his like befuddlement it's like what are you guys who are you guys yeah, because these guys were just like, you know, they're, they're these violent hockey players, but they're also like 12-year-old boys at the yeah. same time. <laughs> but they're real serious about it. Uh, yeah, everything's 100% with them. Yep. Like, hey, Reggie, you want to play electric cars with us? Like, no. It's like, okay, well, I can't wait to punch somebody when we go back on the hockey yeah. team. And here we have Reggie sleeps with some lady, and he ends up talking about, like, her relationship with other women. And she talks about, like, when her husband found out, like, she was a lesbian he beat her and so apparently she's on the run yeah there's also a weird refrain here where it's like i don't know if there's a sentiment at the time or just something in this movie they're like wait if i sleep with a lesbian does that make me gay it's like what? yeah that was like a running conversation through <laughs> you, you think that was a one-off line but no people would stop and like talk about this like hey doesn't that make oh it, yeah that's weird <laughs> but she's also like sleeping with dunlop and this is, again, long 70s weird nude scene. Yeah. This woman's boobs are on camera for like 12 minutes. It's, and there's nothing oh, wrong got, with it. Yeah, yeah. She, and she's got those classic ski slope. The, oh, yeah. The, the 70s ski slope titties that must exist but just aren't in vogue right now. I haven't seen ski slope titties in a long time. Uh, once the bra comes off, they, yeah, they look like that sometimes. <laughs> those nipples, however, those were a home run. That's like you don't see a lot of those anymore. I think it's like all the sugar in our diet. I don't know. Yeah. People look different in the 70s. And they also had really messed up teeth. Though. That's one thing. It's like teeth now are so much better than teeth used to be. Yeah, well, and the food was horrible back then, too. Yeah. So. Just horrible there's in a different like, way. Yeah. Well, there's not like surviving cuisine from the seventies. It was just like it's like it was just like the era of the casserole. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anything you could boil or fry. There was like no like you could yeah, I remember like seven like grilling in your backyard. It's like that what a crazy concept. It's like now that's everyone does that. But also like people that have video games and TV wasn't as abundant, so like, you know, you ran off your calories just hanging out outside doing stuff, so yeah because people like to say like oh like the nutrition now is terrible there's so much sugar and everything it's like yeah but also nobody's doing anything <laughs> yeah no it's not if i get a really cool model and like especially in the fall when i start using a lot of my vacation time it's like you know like tuesday or whatever i get back to work like my back's killing me and it's like it's not from work it's from sitting in one place with big goggles on slowly like assembling yeah i'm really but in the 70s in the 70s they would eat fried chicken and drink a two liter of coca-cola but then they'd go out and play flashlight tag and somebody would die in a creek yeah yeah there was always something you, your your yeah. chances of getting hit by a car even 
you know, because everyone was also driving drunk with no penalties. Yeah. <laughs> it was like drinking and driving means you were like really drunk and passed out and crashed into something. That was drinking and driving. If you didn't get pulled over, no, no foul. And so after see, we have uh, Reggie meets with uh, Dickie, the beat reporter. And here he's putting out rumors that like there's some like a group of retirees in Florida that are gonna buy the Chiefs. Yep. And presumably move them down there, not just purchase them, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. Um that's the idea. So I have that being the end of act one, because that's like sort of like the like, okay, now that's what they're playing for. They're trying to sell this sell the team even though they have no stake in whether the team gets sold or not. So this is Reggie's ruse to save the team. Uh, mostly for himself and not even for the city. Yeah, he has no loyalty to the city. It's just all about him keeping his career going on. So. Yeah, I mean, all these people in this city did was yell how much they suck at him all the time. So it's like, oh, see you guys. <laughs> so we back to it's the next game. Reggie's harassing the goalie, goalie about his wife. So this is the guy who was beating his wife, who's now bisexual, I guess, here. Yeah. I guess they didn't have that term here. No. <laughs> No, they had different terms. <laughs> and the Chiefs get a, a last-second goal because there's, like, a team-wide brawl, and so the, the goalie leaves his box to go punch Reggie, and so they get an open goal. Reggie kind of gets the worst of the fight, but, you know, they get the win, so that's all he cares about. Well, I think that was on purpose. It's like, yeah, just yeah. beat me senseless as long as my team can score. <laughs> Which would be noble if it wasn't done for such selfish, <laughs> awful reasons. Yeah. Uh, I also remember he's the coach too, so yeah, like he, yeah, the player coach. The team's happy, but Ned isn't because he know like they just won by basically through cheating and shenanigans. So next day we have Reggie finds Lily drinking in the daytime, just wandering about. Uh, but here she's spying on Ned, who's probably cheating on her. Yeah, but... he is. Well, at least he's chatting up women. Because there's a whole thing for this movie where it's like they insinuate that he's gay, and at no point is that a thing. They just have so it's like, and I, I don't at the end of the movie I'm like, is that supposed to be a thing or not? <laughs> and I have no idea. Well, I think the gay insinuation more comes from the fact that remember because he's the oddball because he graduated college and. Yeah. He's not one of the knuckleheads, and he's kind of playing well, this. Uh, and he comes from rich parents, so he doesn't yeah. have to do this. Yeah, and he's doing this for, like, I don't know, the purity of the sport or some other reason. But, yeah, that's the well, whole key. Because gay, gay, gay men to... don't secretly chat up women they're not married to. That's not <laughs> not usually the gay course. Yeah. Unless I'm missing something. Uh, <laughs> but mostly, like, Ned's doing playing hockey to, like, piss off his dad. Like, this is his rebellion. Yeah. But, like, you know, he's, like, the ultimate, like, it's like, okay, you went to college, you're also, your dad's rich, and you're playing minor league hockey, so you're not good enough to get to the majors, but you're also better than all of us. So it's like, you're rich, and you're better than us. So he's just a, like, on paper, a really hateable character, even though he is weirdly the only moral character throughout the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but he's also cheating on his wife, so I guess he's just an interesting, complex character. Yeah, life's not easy for some people. It's it's <laughs> multifaceted. The teams are the teams like drinking and watching a soap opera, or or maybe maybe that was just seventies drama at the time that it was ridiculing. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure what that was all about. <laughs> uh, but here the team finds like the planted story in the newspaper, which like lifts their spirits. Which that was what that was all supposed to do in the first place. So Reggie's plan is coming together. Yep. 
we see we cut to like Reggie's in the the bathroom like as they're getting ready for a game and he's kind of like pained because of basically all the years wear and tear of playing hockey and probably not getting good medical care although weirdly i heard i've heard like a thing of a lot of wrestlers a lot of like independent wrestlers because they don't have like health care all usually uh-huh um they like go to like minor league or like college hockey like like medical personnel for some reason to get like a, the cheapest advice they can for their issue huh that makes <laughs> kind of a sense okay keep synopsizing i'll be right back <laughs> I believe it's because hockey has the added element of dentistry, like injuries, uh, which is a common thing in wrestling where people have uh, really terrible things happen to their teeth. Uh, you know, even though it's all predetermined and planned, uh, you still have to, mistakes can happen and you can't just punch people in the face when you're supposed to pretend to punch people in the face. Uh, and the corners in the ring is metal. So when you, throw someone face first into metal and their teeth are there too you know that happens uh i remember cesaro uh had a freak accident where he was jumping at somebody in the corner of the ring and he is a very large man the guy he's jumping at moves out of the way and then in his instant of like selling the jump just like headbutted the corner ring and like his bottom teeth like went through his like upper lip or something crazy like that and he had to he had to like get his his jaw wired and uh like had to have like braces and stuff to fix his teeth i was explaining why um one one of the reasons that wrestlers might go to like hockey medical personnel is because they deal a lot with uh dentist dental stuff too as well as just regular injuries oh that makes sense because <laughs> wrestlers will incidentally have a lot of teeth injuries as well those are the worst although i like wrestlers always have like chew gum when they do a match so when they have like a bit where like they get kicked in the face they'll like spit the gum out and like it'll be like oh wait did he just lose a tooth and like you don't know <laughs> adds to so the drama cool. but yeah there's been actually just really crazy wrestling incidents where like oh no he did lose his teeth <laughs> i remember uh, one lady she got it was supposed to the this one lady was supposed to do up and do like a fake kick in the face um because she had, like, an arm bar and a different lady, and the other guy, lady was supposed to come up and, like, kind of break up, like, her her um, her submission move. And then she goes to, like, kick her in the face, and she was supposed to, like, like kind of, like, hit her across the chest, but the ankle was weird. And she just kicked her right in the f***ing teeth, and all her bottom teeth went out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oops. Uh, and then she went down immediately to, like, cover up, like, to, like, hide it, like... That, that's what they do is like when they, when something like that happens like you you like cover up your opponent like basically pretend like you're hurting them more but really you're just like are you okay as you pretend to hit them <laughs> can we keep going <laughs> you know pretend to hit them after you actually just <laughs> soccer kick them in the face <laughs> wrestling is predetermined but it's not free from consequences no no it's it's like yeah that's you know, it's not like, you know, Greco-Roman Olympic wrestling, but <laughs> these people can really get hurt sometimes. So we get to the ice and Reggie's like running mind games with the other team. When one of them calls Reggie like old and washed up, Dave, uh, one of the guys on the team, just goes and fights the guy. 
and then multiple fights break out. And then the team doctor sews up Dave's lip when they're back on the boards or the the bench. And then that guy like comes by and taunts again. And so Dave hops the board and just beats the shit out of him this time. Yes, after getting what... stitched up during the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's one of the greatest fighting things ever is hockey fighting is the whole pull the jersey over the guy's head so his arms are like bound by his t-shirt and then just punch him in the fucking face punch. best move ever <laughs> now does that still go on or have they cleaned a lot of that up they cleaned a lot of that up i haven't watched the game but yeah now it's because it used to be like ah it's a part of you know it's the mythos of hockey you know and then uh but you know because like any other sport it's like if a fight happens like well those players are suspended um, you know, baseball used to have the bench clearing brawls, which were fun, but they've like, now they've had it. Like, if you f-ing leave the bench, we're going to suspend everybody who like left the dugout. And it's like, oh, great. Well, that means you're just going to forfeit entire games <laughs> with that big fight in basketball where essentially it happened where people got suspended for like months, but I was, I was at an extra crazy element where <laughs> they went into the stands to f-ing punch the fans. <laughs> Yeah, I remember uh, that. Now that you mentioned, it's like, yeah, the guys were just like leap, probably take putting knees in people's faces that had nothing to do with it to go after, yeah, go beat up the fans. And... Which is funny because that happens in this movie too, but then that happens in real life. Hey, one of the guys I went to have one of my, uh, one of the people that did one of my dental implants was like, that was his claim to fame was like he was when he, when he got out of dental school, he worked with the Red Wings hockey team. Uh, huh. He said, "I got a lot of practice making, you know, dental <laughs> dental stuff." Now he had, they had the removable implants. I was getting the permanently fixed ones. Those guys, a lot of them do removable ones until like hockey's over, because it's like no sense wiring that post into your jaw just to have it <laughs> blown out again. It's like, yeah. And then uh, we cut to the locker room, and Reggie's like hyping up the team for like the rest of the game, and he uh, he puts the Hansons in. And then they just wreck the other team. <laughs> There's like three guys teaming up on everybody. And it's like to, and to the delight of the team and the crowd. Uh, there's a fun thing where like the team's like leaning over the board and they just come by with, with a stick and just slap all the guys' faces with the hockey stick. I was like, <laughs> yeah, they, they just like do a, like a power shot and it completely misses and hits the organ player in the head. Yeah. Yeah, they're just like lunatics. They're like doing... Oh. They're like assaulting people with hockey sticks. Yeah. Like you could yeah. kill someone real easy doing the stuff they were doing. And then the eventually, eventually the Hanses get kicked out of the game to the applause of the crowd. <laughs> then we cut to it's like this is like after the game, and Denise like asking Joe about like who owns the team, but he doesn't get an answer. Uh, and then he's like back with talking with like Reggie, and I didn't know if it was like something where like he was trying to like trick Denise into like. Now, nah, see, everything's okay. Or if he's like really trying to get answers about like what's going on. Um, then we cut to like the team's like watching some like ice dancing routine. Yeah. I don't know if this is like a different day or just like following the game. Uh, it's, they didn't uh. seem quite as, they didn't have blood running down their faces. So I'm guessing this was a day or two after the game. <laughs> they were seeing like an Ice Follies production at yeah. their, I'm assuming their home stadium. And I forget that there's like the one sex crazed guy who kind of looks like Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I was like, oh, it's it's a it's a, a different era as Billy Bob Thornton, <laughs> and he's just like like her like font like just cat calling the women, <laughs> and he's like the 
He's like, this isn't art. This is sex. <laughs> this is also the same guy who just has like porn like all over his locker room. Yeah. <laughs> locker room stuff. Um, it doesn't talk about anything. It always circles back to sex. Everything's a metaphor yeah, yeah. for sex or some kind of sex act or, you know, yeah. Very truthful. So. Yeah. <laughs> There's always that person. Yes. Always that person who's incredibly insecure and has to let you know, like, I f- <laughs> but do you? <laughs> oh, I know some guys. I, I've heard some real true blue serial killer stuff in the car plants. Um, <laughs> I, I, th- I've heard stuff I'll never repeat to any other human being. Uh, but the, some of the stuff is because I, you know, it's like I some things if it's creative, if it gets a laugh out of me, it's funny. But some of it's like, oh, you just never stop. This isn't like a once a week. I'm going to tell you a dirty joke like. This is every breath you take, every thought through your head. Because um, we had some young, young, younger girl. And young people are not as common in those places, as you, especially on the day shift. It's all a bunch of guys in their 50s. But, yeah, sometimes we'll have people come in and work overtime from other shifts. And it came to a question of, well, yeah, which unit was she driving? It's like, I don't know. I didn't see the numbers because they needed to give it to the next person. And the one guy says, I can find out how. And it's like, what, what do you mean? How can you find out? He goes, I'll smell the seats. It's like, oh, okay. You're just a psychopath. Okay. I I get it. So determining which machine we need to get has now become an, uh, some kind of some mammal sex hunt with your olfactory system. Uh, I can detect the pH balance. (laughs) Oh yeah, I was a, he retired, believe it or not. But it's like, yeah, yeah, you're nuts. Um, okay, I never would have thought. I thought I was immediately thinking like, oh, you can check the log routers and find out who was logged in. You know, I was so stupid even to this day. Like, oh, you must know how to search these things in a way I don't. And it's like, no, I'm I'm just a bloodthirsty savage that can smell women, um, and, and and anything that's been close to their sex organs, I can identify like that. And it's like, oh, you're crazy. I get it. Okay. <laughs> Didn't help us find the forklift, believe it or not. <laughs> but yeah, I've heard lots of stuff like that. But he that. got to put on a show. <laughs> yeah, he got to remind you that, like, well, we know what's on your one-track mind. Reggie and some of the team go uh, on a date with, like, the skating girls or whatever. Uh, Reggie spots his wife in the restaurant and gets, like, thrown off and jealous. <laughs> Here I wrote, what the f*** is he wearing? He's got, like brown leather pants and coat but it almost looks like it's like velvet or something <laughs> yeah it's very 70s like uh, a guy that like has looks cool like that could ke- get away with that yeah because it's like it's like weird suede looking not suede it's like weird treated patterned leather with bell bottoms and then a shirt that has like characters on it that like there's a couple <laughs> cowboys facing each other or something it's like like no one else but Paul Newman could get away with, <laughs> and he wears that a lot in this movie. That's that outfit yeah. shows up quite a few times. We have the team on the road. Reggie keeps a bunch of his lies about like the new owners. There's a fan bus that chases him down, <laughs> so it's like, ah, oh, the luck of the team is changing around. Like, yeah, it's basically groupies. It's all women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, here we have the 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 team are trying to get rooms because the, but they won't let them put four to room. So then the Hansons start beating up the hotel manager. Oh, they pick him um, up and just hold him up yeah. by his leg. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to shake the change out. <laughs> yeah. We cut to the locker room. Reggie's giving another pep talk, but here we have Ned is being like super sarcastic because he knows Reggie's full of shit, but 
He's the only one that knows that. Well, he's full of shit, but it's also working. Like they're, they're on a winning streak. They have fans now. <laughs> the home, the home fans like them. Although later on we find out there is some people at home that don't like them. It's yeah. Like, why are you bothering to have a protest at night about a minor league hockey team? Anyways, <laughs> the mob will turn on you, as they say. Uh, the teams hit the ice, and before the game even starts, they have a bench clearing brawl. <laughs> and this is my favorite part of the movie. We cut to like it's silence and everyone is standing for the national anthem and they just cut to the different Hansons and their various states of bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> and like their glasses are broken in different ways or fogged up in some ways. And then the ref like like looks at him and he's like and then in the middle of the national anthem he goes up to him and is like, you know, I don't want any funny business from y'all. Like I this I I run a fair game. <laughs> and they just yells at the ref like, I'm listening to the f- song <laughs> yeah that's a great uh, great character moment there yeah it's my favorite like you know, there's something about the cinematography there it just works the joke works and it's just the the composition of it it's like that's a that's a fantastic scene oh yeah yeah because it's it, it's jarring but believable it's like what's he gonna do hit the ref is he gonna like what what can he do it's like oh you're interrupting my enjoyment of the national anthem there's a reason we're standing here quietly and it's not so you can have a sidebar with me well, that's why I think they're like Canadian, because then that would make the thing extra, because they don't necessarily have to be like conformed to the national anthem or care about it. But I like that they're just being respectful to another country's national anthem and swearing at the ref. <laughs> this is important. Uh, <laughs> after the game, uh, Walt is Walt is beating the bus with a sledgehammer to like he says to make it look mean. Yeah. <laughs> so. I thought they just couldn't open the door for a second there, but no, he's, he's he has an idea. Uh, Reggie calls his wife, and someone else answers. So then he's you know weirded out by that. Then we have Dave comes up to I think to Reggie, and he wants to he wants his new name to be Killer, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense other than you know. Although it's weird later later on, like kind of without like they give it some backstory, but he just like kind of becomes like a Buddhist monk. <laughs> like towards the end of the, of the movie well yeah he listens he goes to a religious store and gets some records of course it dates the yeah. movie it's like yeah it's about it's like positive feeling stuff yeah it's like oh but master of the universe don't let it master you have good thoughts <laughs> good vibes you know they'll carry it's like yeah it's some remnant of the hippie days and here we have Ned tells reggie that he's not gonna goon it up so that's you know, he's just not gonna play dirty and just have a boxing match that breaks out into a hockey game yeah <laughs> but reggie counters that was saying that he'll bench him and then a bus full of ladies stop the bus again uh and presumably sex goes on uh and then here's where they come up to like the crowd of like protesters at night and both buses like moon the crowd of protesters to the delight of some people and to the horror of others well it was in the town uh the town they were going to play it was, oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, that was uh it was I think it was Hyannisport and that's out in Maine or some I don't know. Cuz they were going all around playing in this federal league, minor yeah. league hockey. So I think it was like an uptight town. They're like, yeah, we don't want the cuz Hyannisport is where the bushes are from. That kind oh, of okay. place. I'm a, if if that's where it is. It could be Hyannisport, Pennsylvania, I don't know. But when <laughs> I think of, I thought it was out in Maine, it's like, oh, it's a bunch of uptight rich people. And then the town okay. The players and the women in the fan bus just moon the whole town. And some people are horrified and some people are secretly giddy like, oh, that was kind of cool. 
I sort of like that. And then they go to the next game. Here, the, the Hansen score a goal rather than just punching somebody. Uh, and then somebody in the crowd throws something and, like, breaks one of their glasses. And, you know, so, of course, they go into the crowd and fight the crowd. Yeah. Uh, and because one of them doesn't have the glasses, he's just punching random people, trying to make sure he gets to the guy that threw the thing at him. Yeah, he's, no, not him. It's the other one. And just goes punches the next guy. And these people are just running away like, we didn't throw anything at you. And then, then they cut to, like, the after the game, the cops show up to, at the locker room to arrest the Hansons. And we have a funny where, like, Reggie trying to, like, saying, like, he escalates what, like, what was thrown at him. It's like, the guy threw a monkey wrench at him. I'm like, what yeah. do you expect him to do? He's defending himself. Uh, we actually like he got car keys through <laughs> through yeah. or something like that. Huh? Like I'm, I'm sitting there like, why would you throw your car keys? That's just making a lot of work for yourself. Then you can't get away when these psychos come <laughs> after you. So even though he kind of like talks over, kind of smooths things over with the cops or gives them a different perspective, the the answer just go out to get like arrested anyways. But like you know, but they're happy about it. It's like, well, hey, officer, <laughs> should we go to jail now? Yeah. Joe goes about the Hansons, but like it's too much for Joe. So then Ned brings money. Does he have like he has like a bag that says Western Union on it? So like, I'm guessing that's how they did it back in the day. Like you get a bunch of money like that, you get a bag that says Western Union on it. Yeah. I'm used to just those like you know those paper envelopes because you know I probably the most money cash I've ever had on hand is probably like two grand, which uh, will fit in an envelope. I've never had like so much money where I like. No, I need a comical bag for it. <laughs> yeah, I've never had the... <laughs> I live in the age of digital transfer. It's like I need to physically carry money. Speaking of throwing stuff on the ice, I know with the Red Wings, you remember when they used to throw like squid Yeah. Uh, on the ice? Um, which sounds... like Because that was going on here. That always goes on. That's more of a playoffs activity than a regular season. So the yeah. last time we were in the playoffs, people kept doing this. And they, first of all, were describing like some of these things. I don't know where they got them they're still alive and that, that's horrible because <laughs> they freeze to the ice and uh but it's a nightmare to clean them off the ice because if they have any warmth to them or a bunch of liquid on them, it just freezes instantly to the ice and then yeah. they've got to like redo it and uh <laughs> that's been going on i guess here since the 50s <laughs> they'll throw stuff on the ice oh is that local to the red wings yeah it's a red wings thing other people have done it uh, the Mighty Duck, somebody threw a skin duck on the ice a couple of years ago. It's like weird, dark shit that you like, oh, no. I mean, I do like when, I mean, is that why it's called a hat trick? When somebody scores three goals, you like throw your hat in the ring. I think so, yeah. <laughs> and uh, throwing your hat in a ring, is that also from that? <laughs> I'm not sure. I thought that had more to do with... Um, it was like like presidential elections or something. Yeah, it was it was like uh, yeah. yeah, put put your name put the if you vote for me, put my put up you know piece of paper in my hat or whatever, and we'll put them in this yeah, ring, yeah. and which we're probably gonna have to go back to that system. <laughs> Might as well, because now no elections ever gonna be valid again. <laughs> so I so said, yeah, we might as well just do chits of paper and people in attendance and whoever makes the loudest noise, that guy gets to be president. It's like yeah, why not? <laughs> Uh, well, hell with all this computer level. stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's a decibel level. It's 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 pure statistics. <laughs> yeah, it's measurable. <laughs> the hockey wives get a scene where they're, they're talking about like drinking irresponsibly. I don't know if this scene passes the Bechdel test because all they're talking about is their men. So. You know what the Bechdel test? It's a it's it's a 
it's an arbitrary test to kind of like prove whether you like actually care about your female characters in your movies is is like do they have a scene where they talk to another woman and are they talking about something other than a man <laughs> that is the Beckdale test oh okay <laughs> again not a real thing but it's just kind of like it's like some people like, i don't know some people like that doesn't even pass the Beckdale test and i'm like you know that's not a real thing like i understand you're saying like this is poorly written in some ways but that's not like an empirical value of a, of a evaluation of the movie but i think star trek like edge of darkness like didn't pass the Beckdale test and i was like oh my god that's, that's like star trek's ruined <laughs> it's like okay again yep. i understand what you're getting at but also that's not true yeah some things are signifiers not absolutes <laughs> and also this is why trump won the election in 2016 <laughs> Just throwing that out there, if uh, you know, <laughs> this this kind of stuff will lead to the idiot king. Um, so also in the meantime, like when they're talking about their husbands getting drunk, we have Ned's getting Ned gets off the bus early to avoid Lily. Again, we don't really know why, other he's just avoiding his wife. And so when everybody gets off the bus, like he's not there. You also have like Reggie's basically trying to hit on her the whole time. He's like, well, if you don't want to. F- like, I guess I'll try this out. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason not to, right? <laughs> uh, she speeds away, he, but he jumps in the van with her, and she's like driving erratically again. And then, but she drops, she drops, Rev, she drops Reggie off at his house, and then she drives away crying. It's like this is weird. <laughs> yeah, because he's like, "Come on, I'll get, come upstairs. I'll give you a massage. We can, I'll make you a dinner." And she's obviously like emotionally distressed, and he's like. Ah, yeah. let, let me try to seduce you. You're obviously <laughs> like in a vulnerable state. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just help it out. Make a poor, yeah, if you're gonna make a poor decision, I'm making. I'm giving you the best poor decision. Yeah, make this one one for the books. Don't don't <laughs> don't sell yourself short. Um, Reggie meets with his wife and he finds out his wife is moving because the town is dying. Uh, again, this is like signifying like, but it's like almost like happy. It's like she's like smiling. Where it's like, I'm going to move to another town, Reggie. It's like, oh, you don't get it. The town's dying. Especially later on when she's like driving off in her car with like a trailer full of stuff. And it's like, oh, this is like, this is the very slow motion zombie apocalypse that's occurring. This is the part of the collapse of Western civilization where you can move to upstate New York and you'll be fine. (laughs) Things have advanced much farther now, but back then. Uh, Reggie speaks with Joe and black he like blackmails him with like sexual harassment that either did or did not happen. I'm not sure what this is about. Uh, it's not sexual harassment as much as like him dr- getting drunk, dressing in drag and hitting on him. Like that that would be more this is more like sexual blackmail. Like oh, I know some we- about some weird proclivity you have. Yeah. And I'm going to advertise also, it. I'm also not sure if that happened or if he just says he's going to say that. And then people will believe it. Like, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> it's more funny if it actually happened. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's like, I know you thought I forgot about that. Um, and I never <laughs> talked about it and I never told anyone. However, now might be the time for certain information to be, which is what a good person does to another person. <laughs> in, in a moment of weakness, they save their, their, their worst moments in a memory bank for later use. This children um, is called being a sociopath. Um, <laughs> I can't remember why he does it. Like, what what blockade is Joe putting up? That he wants to find out who the real owner of the team is. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. 
And then, and then we have Reggie goes on a radio show and puts a $100 bounty on the captain of the Syracuse team, Tim the Kraken. So basically, if, some, if one of his team members just annihilates him and so he can't finish the game, he'll give him $100. And then Joe's like, you can't do that. We'll get arrested. And, he's, and then Reggie's just like, yeah, let it ride. Let's see how this plays out. Then we saw Reggie like trying to get some sleep, but he gets like unwanted phone calls. I think he just like rips the phone cord out and just puts it in the drawer. <laughs> and then he gets a knock at the door. And then Lily shows up with all her stuff. He's like, All right, I'm moving with it. I'm moving in with you. And, and then he's like, Did you tell Ned? And she's like, You think I should? <laughs> and, but then he like passes out because like their giant St. Bernard's like on the bed, like taking up most of it. So he kind of just like sleeps perpendicular to the dog and just passes out because um, he's got to get ready for it. Because they're like in contention for the playoffs. So, because they're like on a, like a five game winning streak, yeah. Um, because the more like the more they're on a winning streak, the more valuable the team is, and the more maybe they can get sold to somebody. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Reggie gets mad at the organ player for playing like Lady of Spain. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what that's about. That just suddenly happens. Also, like that the organ player now has like a um, has an actual like hockey on. helmet on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then McCracken uh, confronts Reggie. Uh, he he throws some insults at him, but he's like, okay, he's like, it's like, ah, you sucker. It's like, ah, I can't get enough of it or something like that. <laughs> he's just unfazed by that. Well, I remember before uh, this, he actually meets the team owner. Oh, is it? I thought it was later. No, it was before this game. Okay. Because he meets, uh, her name's Anita McCambridge. I have that as my last note. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. It's we'll talk about it. <laughs> we'll talk about it in that but, order but, then. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have, yeah. I mean, I could have it wrong, but I have it like the the game starts. Ned uh, gets a score, and then McCracken chases Ned down. Uh, Killer goes and like hockey stick fights with McCracken, like they're sword fighting with hockey sticks. Yeah. N Ned goes into the about the announcer's booth and then like shares like too much information with like his bad marriage and everything's going on. It's like um he's like swearing on the radio yeah and so joe's like trying to stop everything uh and then yeah and then the the announcer and ned end up like <laughs> yeah he like ned's like refusing to fight on the ice but here he like ends up like punching the announcer and, he, and then he punches joe he ends up hitting joe and joe gets like sent down a flight of stairs uh which i'm not sure if we ever see joe again after that <laughs> no he's one more scene oh okay i was like did joe die that's what i thought too but it's like yeah that because that, that would usually kill someone but yeah <laughs> then we have reggie takes lily to see francine for like a makeover again like don't know what this is in the movie for but no but i, mean, I guess i mean i guess it has a purpose later on but and here i wrote reggie leaves to go spy and here he finds anita mccambridge who apparently owns the chief and this is the scene like i was like I don't know like how he gets this information. He just it comes up out of nowhere and he, he just he knows she owns the team or whatever. Which like it's been a mystery all the time, but but Anita's like too smart for Reggie, so she knows what he's trying to do, like he's trying to sell the team, but then she basically explains that like she can't she can't sell the team for a profit because it's more valuable as a tax write-off to fold yeah. the team. Which uh has never stopped. <laughs> yeah, that still goes goes on. Uh, yeah, it's one of those things like you don't understand business. It's like, yeah, but when can business meet reality? It's like never. 
this is also a thing where she like he says something about like her son being gay or something like that and i I was like i didn't know if that was like referring to ned but it's like no that's not ned's mom like who's she the mother of that well when, when he shows up he helps her and the kids carry groceries in from their volvo yeah and then one kid comes up and is like mom i want to go play in the yard and it was like no we need you to uh uh, or I need you to do something and he's kind of whiny or whatever. So that's the son he's talking. Oh, about. okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was, well, for a minute there, I thought she was like referring to Joe. It's like, uh, I don't think she's Joe's mom. <laughs> no, uh-uh, no. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. But yeah, this is like pretty, just like the deflating thing where it's like everything he's been working for is now, is now doesn't, isn't worth anything because even if they win the championship, the team is going to fold anyways because it's just too valuable as the tax write-off. Yeah. So I have that being the end of Act 2. Because that's the character at the lowest. <laughs> so we have Act 3. Uh, Reggie goes to Ned's house. He like kind of spots him walking into the forest, but then he, he doesn't give chase. He just kind of like admits to all his lies out in the open. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he doesn't even know if he's being hurt or not. Then we cut to like the the we're at the championship game. And they're in the locker room. The team's hyped for the championship game, but then Reggie just kind of also here he just like readmits all the truth to the rest of the team. And he says he's also saying he's going to retire and he doesn't want his he wants his last game to be he wants to win it clean. Uh, so they're playing Syracuse for the championship, and Syracuse have like hired a bunch of goons, like they replaced a bunch of their team with just a bunch of like mythical goons. <laughs> Like, there's a Native American guy who just, like, that's what he does. He beats the shit out of people. He's, like, recently out of jail. The mythical o- Ogenthorpe shows up, and that this is uh, played by uh, Ben Dowd, the the brother of the writer of this, who was an actual minor league hockey player, and what this movie is kind of based on um, is his life. And then there's just a bunch of other guys that are basically, you know, they're not hockey players. They're just, like, enforcers. Yeah. Um, the Hansons come out and they're all acting nice because like I forget the play they mentioned the player I, I forget who it was but it's like yeah we're gonna play like Ed Rice or something like that you know some famous hockey yeah player. like hockey players from the 50s <laughs> like, we're gonna be like this we're gonna say please and thank you before we <laughs> knock somebody's teeth you know down their throat uh, um, well here they're acting nice so they're not gonna be just punching people randomly but then the, the team goes back to the locker room at like well, they don't have halftime, so they have, what are the periods? Uh, I think there's three periods in hockey. Something like that. Uh, maybe there's four. Eh, damn it. Yeah, because this is where the More team manager shows up. This is his last scene. Okay. Yeah, Joe comes in. He's, like, mad. He, this is where he informs him that they're, like, he wants them to play ugly like they've been doing and be goons because there's NHL scouts in the crowd. Apparently, if they just play like they used to be, and like maybe somebody will get to go to the, the majors. Because they know, like, well, the team's going to fold, but maybe some people can move beyond it and go to the to the NHL. Yeah. Um, and Which uh, it ends with the scene of, like, the manager walks out, and then Reggie's just walking around looking, and he's like, scouts. And then it cuts right to the next <laughs> play, and yeah. it's just, like, people beating on each other. It's, like, not <laughs> yeah. even playing hockey. They're just, just wailing on each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just fist fighting. The the crowd is chanting "kill." There's blood <laughs> all over the ice and uniforms, and 
Uh, Ned isn't participating, but he, but then Ned, like in the midst of the fighting, he's just sitting on the bench. He spots Lily, who now she's all gussied up and has a perm. Yep. Um, and I would say doesn't look better, but you know that's the seventies. That was just the style at the time, I guess. Yeah, I mean she does for the time. It's kind of now that would be like very complex. It, eventually, <laughs> we're gonna view the seventies in terms of style as like how we look at the Elizabethan age when. People had those big frilly, um, you know, like neck things that went all yeah. around. And so like no one would ever dress like that <laughs> except to just look like, you know, odd. And that's let's see how yeah, 70s fashion is very similar to that. A hundred years from now, that will be like the you know Elizabethan collar age of <laughs> fashion in the in the at the end of the 20th century. But anyways, he sees Lily and she's all gussied up. And so for some reason that makes him happy. And also for some reason. He goes and skates around the ice, like kind of like, like more of like a skating routine and not just like some hockey doing some drills. Uh, and then he starts to strip. <laughs> uh, and then him stripping makes McCracken mad, the, the, the captain of Syracuse. And let's not forget the high school band starts playing ye old time stripper music <laughs> with like woodwind and brass instruments. Um, and the crowd loved it. <laughs> yeah. And the crowd immediately was like with him. And then McCracken ends up punching the ref. And because he did that, he assaulted an official that hands the win to the Chiefs for some reason. And don't forget, these guys were one step away from beating each other with like coiled up bicycle chain around their hands. <laughs> and McCracken objects because a man is stripping like that is immoral <laughs> it's again a more of the themes in this movie of yeah. like you know lots of I mean, the the f word is used a lot in this movie and i don't mean the curse word and it's like oh anything in that world which is kind of funny in the context of this movie because it's all men doing manly manly men stuff and they're so horrified by the concept of a man stripping it's like they're willing to like i'm just gonna punch a ref because he's not seeing my point of view <laughs> because I am not by default a homosexual if my wife is a lesbian or my girlfriend <laughs> or whatever. So it's, yeah, it all comes full circle. Uh, yeah, it's a, and Ned grabs the trophy. Trophy. He's just wearing his jock strap and he <laughs> like goes off with it. And then there's a parade in the town for the team winning the championship. It vaguely reminds me of Animal House, the end of Animal. House. Yeah, it's a very similar look. I mean, I you know, seventies parade is a seventy parade, but you know, because it's a comedy and there's a parade going on, I just immediately think of Animal House. So, yeah, you know, yeah, I think it was the next year. I think seventy eight was Animal House. Yeah. So I want to say like seventy eight was like a. I think Dad had something where like he he thought like Animal House should have won the the Oscar for Best Picture, not necessarily because it was the best best movie. It's just that like every other movie that year was so awful. It's like. No, this is the only one that was worth watching. Yeah, everything else is depressing. <laughs> like, what's the other movie besides Animal House? Oh, Sophie's Choice. Well, that's uplifting. <laughs> Let's get the family around the TV to watch that. <laughs> you we Reggie sees Francine. She's leaving town. She's got like a, a you know her uh, like Buick, and then she has a giant trailer behind it. <laughs> you know, because that's what you did with those cars. Yeah, because they had like five, 600 cubic inch engines in them, but they only produced 150 horsepower for some reason, but uh, whatever. <laughs> Reggie goes up to her. He's like kind of giving her excuses, saying that like he's going to be coaching up in Minnesota, which seems like a lie. But then when she takes off and he goes back to with, with Ned and Lily, he's, 
Lily's like, so did you tell her about Minnesota? So apparently that's true, but his wife doesn't believe it. So, you know, the yeah, relationship but why would his wife believe anything he said? <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, then the movie just carries on with more celebration. That's pretty much the end of the movie, though. The celebration, the credits play over the celebration. So, yeah. A weird, wacky 70s sports movie. Yeah. Just in time for Sportstober. <laughs> well, well, it kind of, again, this is like, this is the DNA of all the raunchy sports movies that came later in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is all started here. I mean, yeah, it's, it's most, yeah, it's definitely mostly comparable with Major League. It's like a similar concept. And like, although they're not trying to tank the team and, in in slap shot but um it's similar to that like oh if we don't win like you know it's like breaking yeah <laughs> uh you know if they don't if they don't get money for off because of the breakdancing contest you know they can't save the civic center so here it's a similar thing although oh when did breaking oh this had to have come out before breaking right oh yeah yeah breaking was like the 80s uh, yeah well everybody knows the sequel to break in so yes <laughs> to electric boogaloo <laughs> because that has somehow also become the code for civil war in america it's like what a <laughs> yeah. weird how does this lead to that to this to that okay because <laughs> also the era of rocky rocky came out in 76 and that's about like you know like a guy who's an underdog who like goes and fights a champion and he loses and that's like but it's satisfying because like, no, he got there. <laughs> like yeah. he proved himself. Uh, he didn't win, but he proved himself, which here they win the championship, but they lose because the team's going to be folded. So it's like a bittersweet thing Yeah. <laughs> rather than like, like, Oh, this is the start of the rise. Like, no, nah, this is it. <laughs> it's over now. <laughs> it's um, like the Germans in world war two. It's not whether you win or lose the war. It's the friends you made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Am I missing something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, there's stuff like the longest yard was around there too. Yeah. I don't know what North Dallas Forty is. That's just another seventies football movie. Yeah, that's more of like a comedic, like com dramedy type movie about football. Yeah. This without all the, this stuff is like this is like the raunch humor and all this is more in line with like the bad news bears. Uh yeah, well, actually bad actually that's what I forgot to say. Bears precedes this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, I don't, they don't win the championship in that game, in there, do they? Like, their their whole thing's about like they're just terrible, right? Yeah, I mean, I, it's just they like learn to work together as a team. But yeah, they don't really. I don't believe they had the skills to like pull it through. But yeah. that's also what I like about Major League is like in Major League they don't win the World Championship. They like win like whatever i forget like the al championship or whatever like yeah. they get into the playoffs they right don't win the championship they just get into the playoffs and that's a victory for like what's supposed to be the worst team in the league <laughs> yeah it's 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 uh, what you call the detroit lions victory it's like oh if the lions get to the playoffs <laughs> we just burn the city down it doesn't we're not, not gonna win they're not gonna go to the super bowl but getting to the playoffs is like a lions fan like oh it's super bowl um yeah i mean I did see the like the highlights of that uh, Lions Seahawks game where it's like, oh man, <laughs> we lost by like three points, but it's like, oh man, you put up forty three. For some reason, the Lions did not have a good record this year, but man, they are putting up a lot of points for a team that I don't know any of their offensive players. <laughs> well, yeah, I think I yeah, it has to, yeah, it's the the problem with the Lions is the offense is there, the defense isn't. 
Well, it um, seems a lot like their uh, their what do you call that? Their uh, secondary isn't great. They seem to be giving up a lot of large passing plays. Yeah, I'm only vaguely paying attention to the Lions because I watched the Hard Knocks and I was kind of uh, enthralled by you know their coach and the team it's like oh i hope these guys do well and unfortunately they are not but man they are trying their hardest <laughs> they're, they're doing better than they have in a long time even though it's kind of the same result but losing by three points is a, is a universe apart from like losing by 40 you know that's yeah that's yeah. a different kind of losing that's a losing like losing by three points is like we can build on this losing by 40 points is <laughs> you've surrendered the field um, there is nothing to salvage strategically for a, for a better season. It's, you know, but we'll see. Um, it's always a legacy. And I am by so no means movie's... a sports authority. I most of this, I base off <laughs> yeah. talks with my son. So he can tell um, you like numbers and stuff. I can, yeah, like, okay, if you say so. <laughs> so yeah, this movie kind of where they had a cult following. It wasn't that big. I mean, like it made more than its budget, but like, I guess for George Roy Hill, like Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid and The Sting were both like $100 million blockbusters. And yeah. this was just like made $20 million, So it was kind of seen, but it has become a cult classic and probably like, you know, cause yeah, because I remember definitely seeing like the VHS for Slapshot and then somehow just always like reading the back of it and just being like, oh, I've seen Major League. So. Yeah, and you <laughs> I, have. I've, yeah i've unfairly compared this to major league having seen major league first even though this precedes it uh well also because i I know more of the people in major league it's like you know as a kid you're not like ooh, like i'm a big paul newman head like you know yeah this is paul newman's favorite character and favorite movie and that's you know kind of a weird thing to think about being that like the long-standing and prestigious career he had um well i don't think he felt he had to be like just on point with his he was great with his act you believed him as this character even though every time you're like yeah. that's paul newman holy shit, that's paul newman yep <laughs> that's paul newman but you did believe him as this character even though it was paul newman so he did a good job as an actor but i don't think he felt like pressure yeah yeah yeah, yeah sometimes yeah because like sometimes we move yeah sometimes when you hear an actor say like oh man, this movie is so much fun to make. That's usually a warning sign that this movie sucks. Yeah. <laughs> this was a low effort, high paying exercise. Yeah. My favorite kind of movie to film. I didn't even um, have to go around and do goofy promo stuff with it because they knew it sucked already. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, but this wasn't that. And, uh, you know, Paul Newman's a, a cool guy. He was a race car driver. I think he won a few professional races. You know, he made salad dressing and all that stuff. Uh, he gave most of his money away to, ch to charity. Like, well, Hollywood's a cool guy. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard, like, horrible things about him. I mean, for a man of his time, it's like, yeah, he seemed he turned out pretty cool. It's like there was no, like, oh, he beat his wife violently all the time, <laughs> like, backstories. Like, no, he was just yeah. a nice guy that made salad dressing and some good croutons and <laughs> and basically lived a great life and gave all his money away because it's like well i guess it's you know i'm gonna die eventually so why yeah. am i hanging on to all this paul newman definitely especially for hollywood probably one of hollywood's greatest human beings <laughs> yeah you know keanu reeves is probably up there because he also just gives away all his money <laughs> oh yeah does he okay i didn't know that Oh yeah, he just yeah he gets he just he's like I just need my motorcycle. <laughs> he lives in New York, takes the subway a lot. <laughs> you can just find Keanu Reeves just 
out and about doing things. It's like, was, what are you doing here? <laughs> when I hear his, or heard his backstory and what happened, like with his wife and why he doesn't have, you know, because he doesn't have kids or anything. He's not been married multiple times. It's like, oh, he's just a sad person. <laughs> he's yeah, had some yeah. bad stuff happen to him, and it's like, this is how I deal with it. Uh, but puts a lot of positive energy out in the world despite those terrible things. And despite the fact he's mostly known for playing very violent characters in movies <laughs> but not hateable ones just it's like also like him and christian bale are like one of those people like amazing like you have you have three weeks to train for something and they become an expert in it yeah yeah that 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 psychotic work ethic yeah like because, when they sh- yeah. like when he was doing the john wick stuff is like oh what's a three gun competition where can i learn more about this and then he's like <laughs> competing at a championship level and three gun yeah. shoots it's like oh that's nuts yeah um, and he's like a buddhist like peace loving guy but it's like oh, i'm just shooting targets right it's like yeah it's like okay and he's like the most badass person in the yeah. world he's never gonna shoot you but if he wants to he could kill you know eight people in a, you know, in a hotel lobby oh yeah and i always remember to think about christian bale like the on the uh oh what was what was that kind of like 1984 movie he did where they have like the gun kata. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, why am I thinking Perfect Dark? That's not it. It's um, <laughs> what is it? It's uh, uh, and it's right there because I actually like that movie because there's like a lot of cool stuff in there. Uh, cool. I mean, yeah, like it, it never came out in theaters, and I remember seeing that like on the DV show. Like, oh, this seems cool, and it is a cool movie, but like. It's also like not a good movie it's no just it's not cool good <laughs> but it's um equilibrium yep that's it that's it i was just looking it up yeah that was uh but there's a thing in the movie where like they give him two pump action shotguns and the thing is you're supposed to like you're supposed to like rack the shotgun by just like pure force by like just shoving it forward or like kind of racking it forward and backwards if you do it with enough force you can rack the shotgun without having to grab the the uh the foreign yeah and then you know they had like these big beefy stunt guys trying to show off like yeah it's possible and they couldn't do it like they tried to show them how to do it and the and the, the stunt guys couldn't do it they give christian bale the shotguns first take does it <laughs> nice <laughs> just, you know, just like, yeah, any other hard ones for me <laughs> you know and like tom cruise like yeah i'm gonna learn how to fly a plane for my movie <laughs> yeah yeah we're gonna drag people behind a helicopter on wires and stuff and have a fight scene it's like <laughs> can we do that practically he's like oh that'd be really dangerous like oh no i can do that it's like, okay <laughs> and just like all the in-camera filming or the not in-camera the, the, the in-cockpit filming for the new top gun movie yeah it's like yeah that's crazy and then i guess someone said that scene where the dark star takes off and the roof flies off the top of the building like that wasn't supposed the to happen wasn't the roof wasn't supposed to come off that that building and they were just like yeah just keep it yeah just happy accident yeah <laughs> good cool we got that in there Anyways, if you like what you heard and how couldn't you you can find us at anchor.fm slash verhoven effect or you can go to verhoven effect.com you can rate our podcast you might as well whatever you want but you can the only thing the algorithm listens to is whatever the highest rating is. Remember, you control the algorithm. The algorithm doesn't control you. You can also, we have listener support at veroeffect.com where you can support us at a monthly stipend either 99 cents, 499 or 999. You can find us at Twitter at Verhoeven Effect, Facebook, Verhoeven Effect. Or you can find us on YouTube at American Greed Factory where you can watch both that show and this show live and unedited. 
Uh, we also have t-shirts at belowthecollar.com slash greed factory. So for the Verho Infect podcast, I'm Colin. I'm Nathan. Goodbye, America. Goodbye, America.